We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, how are we doing? The Bears report is back, baby. Just yeah. in time for boomer season. Yeah, you know, not even just a BS report, a BS series. We're going to jump into Ben Simmons, you know, what he was in Philadelphia, what he was last season with the Nets, and what to expect moving forward. You know, this is probably going to be multiple episodes. Before we jump into it, subscribe, review, share, do whatever you can to help the buzz. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Brooklyn Buzz Pod. But Jack, I guess... You know, looking at Ben Simmons' career, you know, this is a guy that's 6'10", 240 pounds, 27 years old, has a seven-foot wingspan, was drafted number one overall in the 2016 draft by the Philadelphia 76ers, you know, missed his first NBA season with a foot injury, bounced back in his real first NBA season, one rookie of the year, followed that by three all-star appearances, you know, in 2021, finished second in defensive, defensive player of the year, and in his final, in his final portion of his Philadelphia career, demanded a trade ended up in Brooklyn what do you want to jump into first with Ben Simmons in the history of his career I think chronologically makes the most sense Nick you know even before that rookie season I think the thing that sticks out for me as as an Aussie is just the 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 unrivaled excitement that you know Andrew Boger was the the first ever Aussie to go as the number one pick and Ben Simmons was following in those footsteps and there was probably higher fanfare for him because of what he showed at high school at Montverde um, and then a little bit at LSU but I think the thing that also sticks out is a lot of people bring back I can't remember if it was Jonathan Gavoni's scouting report or it was someone's scouting report about Ben Simmons like like his mentality and how that sort of stuck out to them and sort of in terms of what he is as a player and what he could be and just sort of you know, relying on his natural gifts rather than working on his craft relentlessly like we see so many of the the, the greats do. But based off of talent, like this guy is like Anthony Davis, like just on talent alone, he should be like in the top 75 players. So like Ben Simmons should be in those conversations. But I think there's been so many speed bumps along the way and obviously there was a speed bump before even his first season with the injury but then he capped it off with the rookie of the year campaign the whole uh, little bit of the the tussle with, with Donovan Mitchell was a bit of fun and then for his tenure in in Philadelphia leading up to the Jimmy Butler trade was interesting because he had to sort of acclimatize himself to a, a new role where he wasn't necessarily the lead ball handler 
Jimmy had a lot of those reps and led to success in in large part and Philadelphia chose their route and the rest is history. But I think Ben Simmons, there is plenty of people who love him, plenty of people who hate him, plenty of people who are probably in between. But I think all of us see the potential in there and have seen it, you know, since he was a teenager, even back in his boomer days where, you know, everyone's just like, he turns up to, to training camps and, and to, to put on the, the green and gold. And it's just like, man, this guy is transcendent. And thankfully now we have another transcendent talent doing the same sort of thing in Josh Giddy. but it's just, it's hard. We always say the question marks of what ifs around Ben Simmons, the BS report series could be just called what if, what could be. Yeah. And Javoni uh, talked about, you know, empty box scores for Ben Simmons. You know, Simmons box scores have grown increasingly hollow. You know, he mentioned teams have already figured out how to defend Ben Simmons. And then he mentioned, you know, there was uh, questions about his character, as you said. You know, I think there was some concern about, you know, how interested is he in the game of basketball and being great? And this is all stuff that was brought up in 2016. And, you know, now some of it's kind of come to fruition and there's that huge question mark. And obviously, as his career has progressed, you know, one of the biggest flaws has been his offensive game and his lack of expansion on that. And he does some things really well offensively, you know, gets downhill, creates for others. You know, in the past, he's shown a real ability to score at the rim, play above the rim, but really no mid-range game, no three-point shot, limited post game. You know, all those areas, it kind of questions, you know, what has been really worked on to become a better player? And that's been showcased, you know, throughout his NBA career. You know, its offense has just not been up to the level it's needed to get to, especially because the talent is there. And some of the things I just mentioned are more so attainable skills. You know, Ben doesn't have to be an elite shooter, doesn't have to be Steph Curry. He just has to be, you know, a Bruce Brown level guy. And that would do wonders for his game. And you just wonder, you know, what has Ben been doing and what is his goal of the offseason over the course of his NBA career? Yeah, I mean, it took him three seasons to hit a three. And if Brett Brown, <laughs> you know, a fellow Aussie native, couldn't really get that out of him because that was, you know, the whole running saga for him in Philadelphia was, is Ben going to shoot a three? When's Ben going to shoot a three? Why can't Ben shoot a three? You know, he does it in practice. We see the off-season mixtapes repeated over and over again. Everyone's like, is this from two years ago? Is this now? What's Ben Simmons doing here? It's just like, if we got Ben Simmons mixtape, Ben Simmons... That'd be, you know, an all-NBA player consistently because he seems to... And look, I think he has had speed bumps along the way that have been out of his control. There's been some family stuff, some behind-the-scenes stuff that has affected his mentality, probably on and off the court, and mental health stuff, etc. that I'm not going to you know, really be, you know, over the top about because we all go through our struggles, but we judge what we see on the court. And when he's out there, it seems to me he... He coasts a little bit. He wants yep. things. He, he he does what he knows that he can do and doesn't push himself beyond that through fear or trepidation of looking silly where it's just like, we've got a guy, we've had a guy on our team named Jared Allen who has been posterized 40 different times, but he also blocked LeBron James. Yep. So I think that there's just a difference in like sport in general. And I think basketball in particular when it's you know a, a five team a five man game five on five, the 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 spotlight is really there. And Ben has it's just all the natural gifts in the world. You know the young Prince Prince James whatever the the nicknames Fresh Prince young Fresh Prince whatever the nicknames are that have. Been I mean we're talking bestowed. about a guy who is compared to LeBron early in his career with just the way his body was able to move on the court at his size. LeBron James, Magic Johnson, all of these sort of people, but. 
the difference between LeBron James and Magic Johnson and Ben Simmons is that those guys are relentless in the pursuit of perfection with their game, where Ben, despite you know his God-given talents, hasn't had that drive. And I think, as I alluded to, there's some things behind the scenes that we don't know about, and we've heard little bits and pieces here and there that have probably prevented that in certain aspects. And obviously, his body at the same time, I think that there is a mind-body connection that is certainly not right on point when it's come to Ben Simmons and reaching his full potential. But you're the first two or three seasons of his career. You thought the trajectory was going to be, this guy's going to be a consistent all NBA player, top 15 defensive player of the year, you know, in, in those conversations pretty consistently, but obviously his body failed him. I think he had things as I alluded to with mental health stuff that were, weren't privy to us that were certainly affecting him as well. And obviously the end of the saga in Philadelphia as well. So there's, if you look at the Ben Simmons mixtape, it looks as good as any player who has ever stepped foot on the court. You know, he is just the absolute physical specimen of what you want an NBA player to be. You know, he's everything you want and more out of the modern NBA player in terms of his two-way ability. He is an insane passer. Like, yeah, I remember doing some pieces uh, for Nets Republic and looking up some of the stats. I'm like, this guy generates threes like it's no one else's business. Well, other than Russell Westbrook, you know, and during the tenure where he has been healthy, he generated more threes for teammates than basically anyone else. I think apart from Russell Westbrook, if I remember that stat correctly. So he makes his teammates better. His defense is insane. There's just a few little glaring gaps where you sort of look at how Giannis has progressed and he gets that comparison. He's gotten that comparison before, whereas Giannis will take 45 seconds to take a free throw. His mid-range is he'll he's like 38% over the, the season. But he's not afraid to make those mistakes because I think his mentality is a bit different. And I'm not to say that, you know, Giannis, you know, Ben can turn into Giannis one day. But I think that there are little things that prevent him from reaching his full potential. And maybe we get that in 22-23. But I think some of the injuries that have happened to him especially to the back, which really can can hamper you, you, you know, from personal experience. I don't know if we're ever going to get the best Ben or we've already seen the best Ben. Yeah, it could potentially hamper him long-term. You know, you're talking about a back injury that's essentially bothered, bothered him for three seasons, you know, all the way back to the bubble, I believe it started really acting up. And then obviously the trade demand year and then last season was an issue. And I think you kind of look at Ben and obviously, like you mentioned, there's been some things behind the scenes that we don't really know all the details about, but getting, you know, looking kind of as his career has progressed, it just felt like he was the most aggressive and played the most free early on, you know, in his rookie season. And as things have kind of progressed, he avoided the areas that he wasn't succeeding in, you know, kind of avoiding adversity rather than trying to tackle it head on. You know, you'd mentioned Giannis and a guy who just was still willing to attack the rim and shoot free throws, even if he wasn't going to shoot a great percentage, just knowing that that's what's the best thing for him. Even Nick Claxton to a lesser extent where Ben, you know, the biggest biggest thing for him in terms of offensively at the end of his Philadelphia career was the confidence. And, you know, you go back to that play in the playoffs against the Hawks and his unwillingness to go up for the dunk attempt in fear of maybe, you know, being fouled and just avoiding the spotlight and scoring in some of these situations. And even kind of looking at some of the stats from in terms of like field goal distance as his career has progressed, 
it's gone closer and closer to the rim. You know, you've even seen less teardrops, less of those kind of mid-range shots. And it's just like, no, you need to keep expanding and it's okay if you miss. And then, you know, if you get into the fourth quarter and you want to get maybe into more of your comfort zone shots, sure. But you have three quarters to kind of play free. And last year we saw, you know, obviously we're talking about that a little bit, you know, in, in the next episode a little bit more, but you just see, he, where he feels comfortable in times of the game and how that can instantly change so fast with one bad miss or one bad sequence. And now all of a sudden he goes from playing at, you know, a high level to, you know, not even at a bench level. Yeah. I think the one thing that has slowly, you know, deteriorated away from his game is the ferocity and physicality that yeah. he has shown in the early points of his career. He was a beast, man. Yeah. Like he was an absolute Adonis. He was throwing down dunks like prime Russell Westbrook and like destroying rims and like screaming out like he's a, a an Aussie God. Like th th this guy was something to behold. And maybe we still get some of those glimpses, but as we've sort of seen, he shies away from that a little bit. And I, look, who's who we don't know what's going on inside his body you know we're getting all the different things you know in the off season we discussed it again that in in episode two of the bs report series but i think the one thing and the one of many things that is continued to just like go away from his game is the confidence in himself and we've heard people in this off season sort of say ben still got it he just doesn't have the confidence and it's amazing what confidence can do to unlock the, the truest potential of any athlete, you know, the, the mind body connection, as we sort of alluded to, you know, uh, it's just, it's going to be disappointing that a lot of the things when we reflect upon with, with Ben Simmons career is not going to be the all-star appearances. It's not the all NBA appearances. It's not the defensive, you know, highlights. It's not the dunks. It's not the dimes. It's going to be, you know, the shying away from and passing the ball to Mr. T. Stiebel, you know, sitting out when he should have been sitting out, when he's not sitting out. Was he coming back? Is he not coming back? It's it's disappointing because of a guy of his talents, we should be speaking about him in, in much more glowing, glowing terms. Yeah, it feels like a lot of the stuff is self-inflicted, you know, and obviously some of it's been bad luck with injuries too. You know, we mentioned missed his first true NBA season with a foot injury after that was pretty healthy for two years, then missed some time with back stuff and different things. And, you know, now that's been really lingering. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. 
twice a week, J.J. Reddick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. And I think there's also probably a fair argument that Philadelphia never necessarily put him in the most ideal position for a skill set at the time he had it. You know, obviously he needed to expand his game and shoot more, but you're not going to magically become a good shooter over the course of a season or two. That's kind of a long-term thing considering where he was starting point was. And obviously Joel Embiid is one of the best players in the league. It just wasn't necessarily a natural fit. And we saw at times when Embiid was out, you know, Ben was kind of playing some of his best basketball when he was just surrounded by four shooters. So I think that's another interesting aspect of, you know, maybe if things played out in Philadelphia a little differently in terms of roster wise or just the players he was aligned with, he might've been more successful and that might've allowed him to build more confidence. But instead, you know, you mentioned the Jimmy Butler stuff and how that could have potentially had a negative impact and just always trying to kind of fit into a spot that wasn't ideal for him. Yeah, square peg and round hole sort yeah. of situation. And I think that he has been I, – I, I think that there's sort of – there's always gray area in terms of you're alluding to, you know, he's not his best enemy. But he also, as you alluded to as well, Nick, that he's not in the best situation either. You know, most players, you know, when they have a, a big glaring negative moment uh, are going to show, you know, support for their teammates, support for – yeah, the their their team, you know, if you're the coach. And he hasn't had that in a in a lot of respects. I think he didn't make the most out of the Brett Brown experience. I thought Brett Brown really did his best to try and find the ways to motivate and get the best out of Ben Simmons. And I don't think that he was given the best opportunity to do that. I think Ben himself and who he was probably surrounding himself with and sort of just being like, oh, look, I'll, I'll take a couple of threes for you. I'll take a couple of middies for you, but I'm just going to get some dunks to get out in transition and just be a defensive dynamo. But if he had have shown that before the back injury, I think his career right now would be in a much better spot because his game would be a bit more well-rounded. Whereas coming back and having to develop your game more and find new X's and O's and wrinkles to your game, having a, a pretty extensive injury history behind you is not unprecedented because we've seen guys come back from pretty serious injuries and still be incredible. You know, we've seen that, you know, firsthand with Kevin Durant, but at the same time, it is, it it's, it's, it's very rare for it to happen, but at his uh, lowest, you know, we, we speak about basement and ceiling, you know, quite a bit on, on this podcast with Ben. And I think we've spoken about with Ben before the, the, the 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 drastic sort of levels between that is 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 almost like unknowable what he could be and what he will be when he does return and uh, I I don't know but it's it's hard to sort of find that middle ground you know I think when we speak about the the Brooklyn Nets side of things it's going to be an interesting conversation because we've seen it firsthand quite consistently I've seen 
I've spoken about Ben Simmons pretty consistently on on other podcasts that I used to do as well because he's just such a an intriguing figure when it comes to Australian sport. A, a bit of a a beacon for and look, I'm guilty of this as well. Maybe a bit too much criticism and and not enough flowers when the flowers are due. But I think as of age and as I've spoken a bit, bit more about basketball, going going a bit smarter, speaking to guys like you and and others that have allowed me to understand the game a bit more. I've, I I can understand that there are two sides to, to every situation and maybe there is, you know, 70% is on Ben and 30% is on the external factors, mental health, team situation, team environment. But that 70%, at the end of the day, you control what you can control. And I don't think Ben Simmons has done enough to really make it, make himself known and sort of, you know, he's a lot of people are doing the talking for him. He does the the pleasantries behind the scenes and and all the reports that get leaked. It's just like, come on, man, let's just like let's just see it out there. Like handle your own business in in a more objective manner and just go out and do it. But at the end of the day, I'm I've said this a lot. I think I said this on the Nets Kingdom podcast crossover that we did. I'll be happy, more than happy to be like. I'll take back all the criticisms of Ben Simmons. I've said this before. I'll eat the humble pie. But right now, I don't think I'm going to be eating it anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, he has to prove it. Like you said, you can post all these videos on social media and post all these emojis. It doesn't mean anything. I think also another important note is the fact that he chose to, you know, sit out the 21-22 season coming off a back injury and, you know, being away from professional basketball for a whole year. And many players have said this, you can train, you can practice, you can do whatever. It's nothing like real game action. And a guy that's so dependent on his elite athleticism and his elite body, not to be on the court for an entire season, coming off of a back injury and knowing that you have a back issue really could have stagnated his career. And we saw that kind of happen in that 21-22 season where we had the ramp-up period, then he ramped up, He act, his back was acting up, and then he, re, he ramped up again. He was supposed to be ready for the playoffs, and all of a sudden, you know, he said he couldn't move the day of the game and whatever it is. So it's just like, as you mentioned, you know, he, there's probably not enough accountability, and there's also just like this point where he's harming himself instead of just ad- addressing adversity head-on and trying to tackle it and be, you know, the best, basketball player he can be so it's just it's a tough situation on multiple levels and I think as a fan you're just hoping to see Ben excel and get back to the player he can be and just you know wouldn't potentially the old flaws but at least go out there give it 100% and you know try to be that guy again at times last year it just didn't feel like you were getting that yeah, when we saw the him appear on the old man and the through the JJ Reddy podcast, you know, we were all sort of diving deep into the Ben Simmons experience. But the final quote I sort of just want to bring, Nick, before we wrap this one up is post-game seven, when the playoff struggles happened against Atlanta, look, his numbers were okay, but this is the quote that sticks out and I think could probably be surmised to the rest of his career. We lost. It sucks. I am how I am. It is what it is. It's not easy to win and it's... Sh- Goes. I work. So the first thing I'm going to do is clear my mind and get my mental right. Hopefully he's getting his mental right. Hopefully he's getting his body right. Now. Yeah. I mean, the it's almost like a two-part quote because the first thing you listen to in that quote, it just doesn't sound like a guy who's an NBA superstar or wants to be an NBA great. But then when you get 
towards the end of the quote, you kind of have a better understanding that he's mentally not all there in that situation. And that's probably a level of frustration. And then, you know, if he's going through all of this and, you know, Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid are aware of this and they make some of those comments after the game, you kind of understand why he felt some type of way about being in Philadelphia. Obviously, things aren't growing great in Philly right now as well. So it's just there's just so many different factors. And it's like, I just want to see Ben 100 percent healthy, given a full offseason. And then I want to know who he is as a player. You know, if he's back to being the guy he was in 19 to 21. That's great. He's an all-star level player, you know, on the cusp of being an all NBA. You know, he made that, I think, in 19 in the 2019 and 20 season, but he's not necessarily living up to his full potential, but he's still a really good guy and could probably be your third or fourth best player in a championship team. But right now he's your third or fourth best bench player based off of what we saw last year. So it's just very interesting in how all this can kind of play out and all the different influences on Ben Simmons. But Jack, anything else before we get out of here in terms of Ben Simmons and his history in Philadelphia and what we saw in the first chapter of his career? The first chapter was one of highs and lows and it sort of, you know, defined what it was to be moving forward. But I love Ben Simmons. I love to hate Ben Simmons maybe sometimes, but I want to Ben to be the best he can be. And hopefully that can happen in the next chapters going forward in Brooklyn. Yeah, 100%. Jack, always a pleasure. Big thanks, everybody, for listening. Make sure you check out the next episode for more Ben Simmons, more BS Report.